live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. With Cooper's kind of inflated cap number, they saw a chance to get in under the cap to retain a couple of the other guys. It's certainly not a move that's going to help them this year, but it's probably going to help them at least stay competitive in future seasons. Was. <laughs> is that uh, Graziano? Nah, uh, I'm not going to lie. The sound's running thin, uh, but that is Marcus <laughs> Mosher of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I have no idea why it's in the ESPN library, but right. I said, I need something that's not Tom Brady, please. They said, we got you, Marcus, for 12 seconds. I like it. Oh, very good. Football at five. What a day for football at five, right? Free agency all over the place. A lot of other things going on, like the Players' Championship. We'll update you. It's coming down the stretch. Cam Smith is uh, a birdie machine today in the lead, but he might be about to give one back. Keegan Bradley out of nowhere. And several guys still with a chance to uh, win the tournament in the last five or six holes here on a Monday finish at TPC Sawgrass. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Football at five with a mega tease of the L.A. Chargers. What kind of move did they just make? I was listening. Casey, fill us in. Yeah, well, the Chargers might need to find some fans because all of a sudden they're putting together a pretty good defense. (laughs) Sots fired. Due to the fact they are paying J.C. Jackson for five years and $82.5 million to be locked down corner number one and compete. Oh, Oh, it's a lot of money. I love it. I love it, man. I don't know why I get so excited when guys get paid because I have nothing. It has nothing to do with me. Like I don't know J.C. Jackson, but like good for that dude. You know, like you, you just made How much a lot money of money. Was it? Eighty-two and a half. Wow, eighty-two and a half and well, forty million guaranteed defense. How about the Chargers defense, guys? Khalil Mack, uh, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, uh, J.C. Jackson. Who am I missing? Who's the other? Asante Samuel Jr.? Yep. Yes, right? correct. Correct. Um, wow. And I, th- I mean, now that's a defense. Well, that and that's a that's a division. The AFC West is, is loaded right now in terms of, you know, talent, number one, but also teams that can go to the playoffs and make a run here. Well, I, I was going to ask you guys who has done the best. I think the Chargers may have done the best. They keep Mike Williams, so they keep everything around, or at least, you know, the big stuff around Herbert. And then they add to a defense that already had pieces. I mean, I think Gerber James is a fantastic player. Joe, Joey Bosa is a fantastic player. And now you add studs like Mack and J.C. Jackson to an already growing guy like Asante Samuel, who, who showed good flashes last year. I mean, wow. Maybe it's the, the team that's done the best so far in the last week is certainly uh, the L.A. Chargers. Who else has gotten your attention? And who's the biggest move right now of free agency or the last week? Because I would throw Amari Cooper into this move. Yeah, I mean, in terms of moves, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's last week, two weeks ago, but, I mean, Russell Wilson going to Denver, I think, is probably the biggest one so far. Um, because you yeah, know, fair. You, yeah, that's fair. You you take a team that went seven and ten last year that was kind of on the outskirts of, of going to the playoffs. Now you you add an, an elite caliber type of quarterback, um, a leader, if you will, and, and now you got something special there because you have the offense around him. You have a pretty stacked defense as well. So I think the biggest move has been Russell Wilson, but like you said, I mean the the Chargers are you know whether it's Cleo Mack, whether it's this move right now. I mean they're they're definitely making a run for it as well. And to me. 
this is this is the trend now in the NFL, and this is what you do if you have a quarterback that's on a rookie contract. Um, it's as simple as that, you know, because it is such an advantage when you're paying, you know, just a rookie deal to that quarterback. It allows you to do so much other stuff, and then eventually it'll catch up with you. you got to pay that rookie quarterback what he's worth, but you got a couple years here or there to mess around with some money and to have a loaded team. And you see the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. you got a couple years with Trevor Lawrence to do that, so I hope they take full advantage. Yeah, which is, might be one of the reasons why, amongst other reasons, why they're spending right now. They've got it to spend. Spend while you can until you have to start you know, doing some things and getting creative around a rookie deal that could get enormous. And who knows by that time if hopefully, again, Trevor earns that kind of money. Um, or, or I don't even know what kind of money we'll be talking about at that point. But, yeah, give a lot of credit to the Chargers, man. I think they're, uh, they, they are trying like heck. Now, though, why, why do I think the Chargers will somehow find a way to still miss the playoffs by a game? I mean, yeah, I know. If that's the case, then uh, you might want to look at coaching because the, the way they stand right now in terms of just personnel on paper, I mean, that's that's a very, very stout defense with a pretty good offense as well. You know, think about this from the NFL standpoint. Not that they need me pumping the shield up um, in any any way, shape, or form. But the, the NFL went from a couple weeks ago this integrity issue with the whole Brian Flores situation with being sued. Uh, we don't know where the Deshaun Watson situation is to now go forward two weeks. And you've got Russell Wilson being traded, Aaron Rodgers going back, Tom Brady coming out of retirement, Deshaun Watson criminal stuff cleared. So now he's going to be a big chess piece this week as well. And then all the other moves like the Khalil Max and now the free agency and the tags I mean, it's just an unbelievable thing. Like, it, it looked messy for the NFL a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? And, and now I don't even remember half the stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely still be messy depending what happens, you know, with, with the Flores situation. Like, that, I mean, you know, it, it's taken a hiatus just because we, you know, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence right now and trying to find out what exactly went down and what happened. But that's the power of the NFL, you know, and that's why NFL is king, just because th- there's always headlines. There- there's always storylines, whether it's the ones that we just make up by ourselves or it's ones that are actually taking place. There's just always so much to talk about, uh, and free agency is is a classic example of that. What else? What catches your attention today? I mean, it, we, we kind of, I don't know if we joked about it. It might be real. I mean, the Christian Kirk move might be one of the big moves of the day just based off dollars. What's the other big move that, that gets your attention around the NFL and may alter things around the NFL? Because let's be honest, the Christian Kirk move isn't going to alter anything. No, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily like a move, but I think, you know, re-giving Kirk Cousins his money, I think, is as big for Minnesota. Um, because this is a guy who, you know, ha- has had a lot of ups and has had some downs, you know, and sometimes in the big moment he seems to vanish a little bit. So I think that's a bigger move. Um, obviously, this J.C. Jackson move now is huge for the Chargers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Christian Kirk one's just big because of the market. Like, you, now Allen Robinson's asking for more money. Now, you know, we're, we're talking about DJ Chark asking for more money. And Devonta Adams, what's going to happen with him? Like, I think that domino falling is probably going to have the biggest effect on how free agency goes in the, going forward now just because I don't want to say it was, it was a little unexpected in terms of how much money he made. But now I think you have talented receivers in Allen Robinson, in DJ Chark, where it's like, well, if you look at my numbers, they're better than Christian Kirk, so what, what am I owed then, you know? 
yeah, I think it's an interesting domino. And by the way, you bring up a good point. We still have a lot of decent names out there that we haven't heard about from Allen Robinson to uh, now, you know, Jarvis Landry's on the street and also Chandler Jones. So uh, keep an eye on some of the names that still could drop in this free agency. We're just hours into it. Hey, uh, let's bring in a name, Captain Rick Riles, right now, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend, Captain Rick. Golly, if the weather on the ocean was anything like the weather at TPC Sawgrass, I can't imagine there was much fishing going on. Now, there was a lot of naps. I mean, now, I took some fine naps over the weekend. There's no doubt about that. But, but I got to tell you, it is slowly improving, and it's not improving a lot. Very windy again today. The water temperature has dropped dramatically. We have gone from temps of 67 up to 70 degrees all the way back down to 61. I mean, we've had some cold nights, and uh, the fish really felt it, too. Captain David Borey said today on his charter it was just plain tough. The water was far, far clearer than we anticipated it being. I didn't think that was going to happen, but the water, for whatever reason, did not get muddy, even with all the rain and the wind. But the fish were just kind of off their game today. I think David managed to pull four or five reds. Tony Bazella caught some reds. There are some big bull reds uh, up past the Davis Point Bridge from there all the way through the curve into downtown that are on the channel. And I know a lot of the charter boats have been anchoring in there and uh, having their customers pull on those big reds. Those fish have become resident. They don't ever leave the river anymore, so they're a good way to pass the time when not much is going on. But things are going to improve. They're going to get better during the week. You can count on it. One thing you also can count on is we're going to be back tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. They are paying top dollars for top landscapers. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Captain Rick. Uh, we'll see if the Jags can hook any other free agents until we talk are you to happy? you. Then. Are you happy with today so far? Anything <laughs> stand out for you, Brent? Yeah, I think I think it's reason to be happy, especially Christian Kirk. They get a weapon, but they pay a lot of money. It's on my money, though, Captain Rick. And they also get an, an all-pro and a perennial Pro Bowl guard on that offensive line. So, uh, and a couple of defensive players, too, that, that are more interesting pieces but good players. But I think the standout stuff is on offense to help Trevor Lawrence out. Hey, I've, I've seen Sean's boat come by my house for years now. Yeah, don't, don't worry. He can afford it, Brandy. He's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm not concerned about it. Thanks, Captain Rick. Thank you, boys. Uh, yeah, I want to keep going with the uh, free agent thing, but – you know, Captain Rick, uh, he thought the other day that actually Mike White might be headed back to Ole Miss. Many people did. How about that story out of the weekend with, with Mike White going to Georgia? I, that is bizarre, isn't it? Who do you think benefits from it more? I think actually, you know, I think the big winner, to be honest, that's a great question, by the way. I think the big winner is Georgia. Okay. Because Georgia can't figure out their basketball program. Sure. Georgia, like... Georgia had Anthony Edwards, guys, and and they still couldn't really do much, and it wasn't like he was a Pied Piper and got the program cooking, you know? They've had some real bad goes that go at it with other coaches, even like Crean is just whatever. Uh, I mean, go all the way back to the Herald days, right? Um, you know, former coach at UCLA and actually University of Rhode Island. And so I think Mike White's a good guy. I think Mike White's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. But I think right now, I'm not sure Georgia needs a great coach. I think they need a good coach to be competitive. And so I think Georgia wins because I don't know who Florida is going to get. And I don't think getting rid of Mike White, like all of a sudden is going to boost their program. Be careful 
what you asked for, Gator fan, because the next guy you bring in here might not be that good either, at least according to your Billy Donovan standards. Well, there's some rumors out there that it might be Matt McMahon from Murray State. And let me go ahead and tell you this right now, Florida Gator fans, you better keep your grubby little paws off my coach from Murray State. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. He's got a good thing in Murray State. He's got good support there. He's getting paid enough. Don't worry about it, Florida Gator fans. Go look someplace else. I think this actually benefits the, the Florida Gators even more than the Georgia Bulldogs because it obviously wasn't working out in Gainesville the way the Gators had hoped that it worked out, right, in terms of success and in recruiting and all this stuff. And instead of having to say, all right, man, like, you're a great guy, you're a nice guy, but unfortunately we've got we to cut you loose, we've got to pay you this money, essentially the Georgia Bulldogs came along and took Mike, Mike White off of their hands. You know, because I, I think, I mean, it was, it was all but a foregone conclusion that he wasn't going to be coaching the Florida Gators next year. And then all of a sudden, here comes a miracle in the Georgia Bulldogs saying, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll take him. You know, you guys don't want him, but we'll take him. Don't worry about paying him anything. We'll take care of it. Have fun, Florida Gators. And that's what, what's going on right now. So I think if I'm a Florida Gators fan, if, if I'm a you know, part of that university, I'm excited because now I have Mike White off the books and it allows me to go someplace else. Well, listen, I think Gator fan is ecstatic. But I'm just not convinced they're going to get the next guy that's going to turn into Billy Donovan, which is the standard there at Florida. And Billy D is maybe a once-in-a-lifetime guy for the Gators. So it'll be really interesting to watch it. Listen, I hope Gator basketball does well. I also hope Georgia basketball does well. I hope Mike White does well. It was very toxic for Mike White. Oh, I think he's a pretty good dude. So um, I didn't like to see that happen to him down there. Uh, Casey, you're a Gator. Uh, where, where do you come off? Were you a Mike White hater? And do you you love the idea of getting maybe maybe, uh, Austin's guy? Uh, I'm just excited to be able to watch Gator basketball again. Like I said, it's been unwatchable for a couple years for me, so I'm excited to uh, figure out who's still in the program since I haven't turned it on in about two years. But, yeah, I think it's an interesting move. Um, Obviously, he cited – well, we've heard a couple different things from Mike White's camp about why he left and some of the stuff he didn't want to have his kids go through. But I think it's interesting if you're going to go of all places, you go to the biggest rival of the school that hates you. So Mike White's probably not allowed back in Gainesville, but that's fine. <laughs> um, look, nonetheless, I think they uh, the Murray State coach is interesting. I'm sure, sure they'll find a way to mess it up, though. Yeah, they, they will. They, yeah, they always that. do, Casey. Yeah, they always do. It's usually their MO. So yeah. I, I'd be intrigued if that could happen. I don't think it will, and I think the Gators will have to settle for Somebody. Yeah, I don't know who yet, house. but I, I think it's going to be settled. Keep, keep, keep it in house as far as I care. Just stay out of Murray State. Well, the, the, it's just a crazy turn of events. Whoever benefits, all that stuff. I mean, it is. I don't think I've ever seen what I just saw happen over the weekend with Mike White, especially like you said, Casey. It's the rival, and and essentially, like I, I asked this kind of jokingly because I knew there wasn't going to be something traded, but it felt like there was a trade going on in college basketball between rivals. You take our coach. We don't want anything in return, but here you go. And and I think a little bit of that is, my guess is Scott Strickland, the AD, who's a good dude as well, probably really respects Mike White, and Mike White maybe respects him too, and they're good people. And they said, listen, instead of firing you, instead of resigning, all this stuff, let's just, if you've got an opportunity here, go take it. Maybe it works out best for everybody. You know, I'd love to know what the conversations were like. Um, and but that's, it's, I mean, have you ever seen that? No, I mean, I can't say that I have. I, yeah, I just don't recall it. I mean, I, listen, coaches coaches get poached all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Mike White just got poached to go to Duke. Yeah, He got 
poached for a lesser job from a rival. Yeah. And 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 never got fired. Like I I honestly thought I missed the the uh, press release that he got fired. Yeah, but Instead, you, both schools put out a release that he went to Georgia. Yeah, but you knew he was going to get fired though, right? Because if, if the Florida Gators truly wanted him, you know, he gets word from Georgia. He's still under contract from Florida. They could have tried to make him say, like, okay, you know, what do you what do you need from us? We can give you more." Like. I don't think they made any attempt to try to keep Mike White because of, because of the, they knew the writing was on the wall, yeah, whether he was, was quote unquote fired or not. I think you know you know how they say sometimes like we mutually uh, agreed to part ways. Yeah, like I actually believe this was a we mutually agreed to part ways. This was like mutually beneficial yeah. to everybody involved, yeah. and and everybody was kind of happy yeah. at at the end of the day. Mike White kind of got out of that toxic situation. The Gators didn't have to fire him because he had done a pretty good job, an okay job, had some tough luck with Keontae Johnson and even Castleton at times this year. And George is like, heck yeah, that'll be the best coach we've had in a while. Sure. Yeah, take <laughs> so, what you can get. Um, it's just a, I just thought it was a wild scenario. I mean, we don't talk a lot of Gator hoops and, and Mike White and all that stuff here, but that was a fascinating scenario. Uh, since we're on the hoops just a bit, I mean, what what's your first take at the bracket? Anything Shocky, honestly, I haven't digested the whole darn thing, so you help me out. No, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Casey. You're, you're the Florida Gator fan here. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are going to mess up the Matt McMahon, so he's not coming here. So let's yeah. just establish that right now. Let's get that in our heads. What happens if I throw a name like, oh, I don't know, Rick Pitino at you? Yeah, I've, what do you I've, think about that? I've heard that a couple times. Yeah, it's uh, kind of going around. W- listen, I, <laughs> I I know I'm supposed to say no. <laughs> yeah, but li- like. D- are we going to win some games type thing? I mean, look, I think it would be a polarizing hire. I think it'd be interesting, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I wouldn't like it. I will tell you, though, uh, another name that I can't figure this one out because I, as far as I know, no connections to the University of Florida, but this name has came about too. Scott Drew from Baylor. I don't know why that would happen, but it's yeah. out there. If he was going to leave Baylor, you give him the bag and a half. Yeah. Dude's incredible. So those two names I've seen a bit. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset. You wouldn't see me out here yelling about it. <laughs> I like it. As far as the bracket's concerned, Brent, I mean, you know, obviously uh, I was watching it, you know, live because I had to see what my Murray State Racers were going to do. And, and they're, I, I was happy that they got a seven seed just because the whole time it was either an eight or a nine. So I thought that the committee kind of did a great job of giving them their respect. I think what they deserve to give them a seven seed. So I was pumped up about that. Um, you know, a, a, as far as the roads are concerned, I mean, you like what, what Gonzaga's got, and can, Z- can Gonzaga finally accomplish what, what they've it's kind of eluded them since, you know, the beginning of time, it seems like. Um, I think the road is there for them. Um, and, and truth be told, there wasn't a lot of, like, controversy, I feel like, this year in terms of who was in and who was out. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Listen, Providence, uh, I had my eyes on them. They got a four seed. I think that's okay. I think they bowed out a little early in the Big East. Their resume has been really good, but close. To, they'll play the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Um, but I agree with you, man. I, what I, I kind of look down, I'm like, okay, one line, two line, three line, four line. I think you go three lines deep to say, okay, I feel pretty good that a lot of those threes could win the national title. I get to the fours, and I get to Illinois, and even Providence. Like, I don't think Providence is national title good, if I'm being completely honest with you. So, well, it, great. So, I, you know what that means? They're going to the final four because this is the Boston Red Sox all over again. Ah, crap. Here we go. <laughs> so, go ahead and put Providence down in your brackets, everybody. I got to change that right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, change it right now. But, 
I, but I think I, I, I've been bragging about this part of the March Madness and, or, and pumping this up. I really think this is going to be a hell of a tournament because it's wide open. Yeah. I think there are really good teams. I think Gonzaga's really good. Heck, I think Purdue's really good. I think Auburn can be really good. Like, I think those kind of – there are teams that you – Duke, right? But even Duke, like, I mean, they can't seem to win, like, the big game when they need to win the big game. They've got flaws. But they're good enough to be great, and then there's a bunch of teams that are good enough to win it all, in my estimation. I really – and, and you know the back part uh, from Murray State all the way down. Like, we're going to see some awesome games. Like, this has been a hell of a year in college basketball. The transfer portal has created parity, and I think even COVID created even more parity. And buckle up, man. I think oh, it's yeah. going to be a heck of a tournament. No, for sure. I mean, you know, ha- having the chance of a Wisconsin-Auburn um, taking place, I think that, that one is going to be in Chicago if it goes down. But, you know, you have a high-powered offense versus a, a very stout defense. Uh, and usually the defense has an advantage there. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting matchups. And obviously, you know, with Murray State, if they beat San Francisco, which when they beat San Francisco, I know San Francisco even had a basketball team. And by the way, they're called the Dons. So, yeah, so, like so, that's Russell a, played there. so that's a made-up universe. I I, who's Bill Russell? I've never heard of him. Uh, <laughs> who, who's that? Who's that? Is he a coach? Who's, who's Bill Russell? Who are you talking about? <laughs> but no, so we talk about Murray State, you know, round two playing Kentucky. Uh, I mean, that's that, that's going to be must-see TV, man, because the, the state of Kentucky loves their basketball. You got Murray State versus UK. If UK can be, beat St. Peter's, don't know where St. Peter's is. They should be okay. Um, it'll be a, a fascinating watch for sure. Casey, I'm, uh, I'm all out of sorts here, but ESPN690.com for our March Mayhem brackets. Sign up right now. What yeah. else do we have to pass along? Well, that's what we got to pass along. So ESPN690.com, you're going to go to the contest page. There's going to be a couple other things, by the way, tickets to Joe Rogan on there as well. You can enter to win those. But huh. you can uh, find the bracket uh, information on the contest page. You can fill out your bracket. It does not lock for the first four games. So you do not have to pick the first four games, but you do have to pick, obviously, if you think one of those teams is going to win their first-round game, you need to pick that. But the bracket does not lock until the official first round gets started, so don't worry about uh, picking it all out right now. You have time to figure that out if you so choose. But, yeah, the contest page, you can find it. If your bracket is perfect, you will win $1 million, not from ESPN 690. You will collect from somebody else. It's not me, Brenner Austin. But, Dang. nevertheless, a perfect... Shot right those checks? I, hey, hey, tell you what. Tony Khan right those checks? It might be Christian Kirk, but listen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can win if you have a perfect bracket, but at the minimum, you can compete against us, uh, see if you think you're smarter than us when it comes to college basketball, but ESPN690.com contest page will hook you up right there for the bracket. Casey. There you go. That's it. Casey. I mean, why not jump in, right? Why not jump oh. in? ESPN69.com for a million bucks. Just try to get a perfect bracket. By all means. I mean, what do you got to lose? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Casey, do you got your bracket filled out yet? Oh, you better believe it. Really? Yeah. Dude. Hey, man, where's the fire? Take it easy. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Like, here's the thing. Like, I've, I'm usually not this excited, but, like, I don't know why. I'm, like, this excited. Well, you, like, well, you know why it is? It's Friday on the show now. Because now you got something to play for. Oh, I want to win at everything. Don't get me wrong. That's Absolutely. why I wake up in the morning to beat you guys at something. But you better believe it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hyped. I have. Here's my only problem. Like going into it, before I even saw the pass, I had two teams kind of narrowed out. Right? They would have to play each other pretty early on, which I don't love. So oh, I got to figure yeah. that part out. I still Murray have State, Kentucky. I got. You. I know it's it's hard. I have Murray State beating Kentucky, by the way. Ooh, my man. Uh, but. I, I got to figure that part out still, but I'm I'm pretty locked into where I am, but I could move some stuff around. Okay. 
All right. Uh, I have not filled out a bracket. In fact, I hope somebody printed a bracket for me to fill out. I always wait till Wednesday <laughs> to fill mine out. <laughs> yeah. Got to get all the details. Maybe somebody gets hurt. Maybe uh, players get suspended because of social media comments. Like, oops, that happened. This that week. Or they, COVID's still a thing, too. The, the, there are teams on standby just in case a team's got a forfeit. Did you know that? That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even realize that the teams were still on standby. Yeah. That is pretty wild. That's still a thing. Um, haven't left that world yet. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, all right. Hey, we'll take a break. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. That was a little March Madness bracket chatter taken away from football at five and back to the free agency. We talked a lot about the Jazz, Christian Kirk, and even Brandon Sheriff and, and the offensive side of the ball. Let's go back to the defensive side of the ball. Who are these guys? Hard to pronounce names, but could be game changers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And these are big investments, especially at the linebacker position. Tell you more about who the Jags have added, what's the latest in the NFL, and uh, will it finally quiet down now after a newsworthy five hours or so here on a Monday. Legal tampering going on in the NFL. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6 night. I never love our draw, and I probably don't this year either, but I've never, I mean, I, I certainly don't hate it. Uh, it's going to be hard regardless. I look at four when I see the draw rather than looking at opponents to seeing uh, we're one seed, uh, so you worked your butt off all year long to get that. We had to earn it, and then I see Fort Worth and Chicago if things go well. So, And those are both, what, seven, seven-and-a-half-hour drives and, and direct flights in in, in, in uh, alumni-rich areas. So uh, I, I, th- I think it was about as good a Sunday afternoon as we could have. Well, everybody sizing up the NCAA tournament now. Get your travel plans ready or bar plans ready and bracket ready. That's the most important part. And uh, once again, ESPN690.com for your enter- chance to enter the bracket. Win a million bucks if you get the perfect bracket. Can't win if you don't try, baby. Try it out on ESPN690.com. Brent Martino, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Can't win if you don't try for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dare I say, a pretty good day for Jags GM Trent Bulky. Is that allowed in Jacksonville to say that? Um, If you want, you know, I mean, it's, it's your Venmo account. So, I mean, if you're, you know, cashing out because of it, then so be it. Uh, well, it feels like a pretty good day for Trent Baalke. And could he do more? You know, one thing that was uh, bantered about earlier today, Darius Williams, a corner from the Rams, Creekside High School kid, by the way. So I uh, wonder if they keep an eye on him and, and maybe bring him in. They could use a nickel corner, right? Uh, yeah. And maybe he can play the nickel or they move people around. But they could use some more depth at quarterback, quite frankly. Like, they, they have – like, we look at the starters. We're like, okay, they're looking pretty good there. They, they got Shaq Griffin. They got Tyson Campbell. We like what we see. There's really not a lot after that, Austin. So don't be surprised, I guess, to see a little more depth uh, played at the corner position, whether it's in free agency or the draft. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, Trey Herndon is, is you know, he, he's gone. So um, there's definitely spots to fill there. Obviously, you're not talking J.C. Jackson numbers, but you do need, um, you know, at least a backup slash kind of, you know, nickel cover guy that's going to come in and fill a role there. So um, I expect them to, to stay pretty busy with that in free agency. It's not going to be a big signing, though, obviously, but probably a guy you've heard of before. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and, again, Darius Williams uh, plays in, uh, next to Jalen Ramsey. He had a really good year two years ago. Last year, not as good productive in terms of 
interceptions, but uh, keep an eye on uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they might do. Uh, maybe a little bit more on defense. Here's what they did do on defense. And let's recap this a little bit because, uh, first of all, we all have to get used to their names and pronouncing their names. It's uh, not not super easy. And so we go with some of the nicknames on the defensive side. Big defensive tackle coming over from the Jets. Uh, Foley Fadakasi. Fadakasi. <laughs> that is not that hard to say. I just made it hard to say. Foley and it's show been two and a half Fadakasi. hours since we had our training lesson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Foley and Run Show Fadakasi. Not as hard as I just made it say. Foley and Run Show Fadakasi. There we go. And uh, Foya Luakon. Uh, from uh, comes over from Atlanta. This by, hey, this was if people don't know this name, this was a big move by the Jags at the linebacker spot. Austin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really two big moves on defense in general. We talk about Fadakasi. I mean, this is a guy who is very well regarded, um, a great leader in that Jets locker room, and and his mo was stopping the run. You know, in two gap schemes. Um, there was a thought that he might re-sign with the New York Jets. I think their defense is going in a new direction. They thought that, you know, he maybe didn't fit the mold as well as he did before two-gapping. So he was kind of out of the mix, and the Jaguars, you know, swooped up on him. And I, I think in terms of, you know, establishing the line of scrimmage, in, in terms of trench warfare, I think he, he can do a lot. And then we talk about um, Oluakan. Yeah, I mean, this guy from Atlanta really made a name for himself in terms of being in the right spot at the right time, being a playmaker, you know, whether it's interceptions, um, tackles. I mean, this guy plays fast. He's not afraid to hit. And he's probably going to be the signal caller going forward now, and which is something that the Jaguars need. You know, Damian Wilson was a guy who you thought, do they bring him back? He kind of showed some glimpses at the end of the year. Um, I think it, it kind of shows now they're going to let him walk. And I think they kind of bring an upgrade in terms of speed, size, and youth. Yeah, and I think I think what I like you said, it's speed, size, youth, which means athleticism. And what I would say, it seems like they got some dudes on defense now, man. I like I can make the case again. I think Andre Cisco has a chance to be a good player. We haven't seen enough, okay? So it's a little pie in the sky. Tyson Campbell looked the part. Didn't see anybody get better like Tyson Campbell did last year. I mean, he is one guy that showed a lot of growth throughout the year and some things that you can really buy into. Shaq Griffin's a good player. He's been a good player in the NFL. Um, you, Miles Jack has done some things in the NFL that you know what his ceiling can be. Does this move help Miles Jack even be better? He doesn't have to wear the green sticker. We don't have to have that thing <laughs> yeah. that discussion. Yeah. So that could be a good thing. We know Josh Allen can be a good player. We're not sold on Caleb on chase on. He's probably going to be a depth guy anyway. But now if you bring in Aiden Hutchinson or even Kayvon Thibodeau, now you think you have another good player. I start going around, and I'm like, okay, now this defense has some guys, has some players. Maybe we could see a big jump in improvement on a defense that was really inconsistent and sometimes very shaky last year. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at Caldwell's track record of what he did in Tampa Bay, it starts at the linebacking position, you know, and now you have Miles Jack and you pair him with a, a Luakon and all of a sudden you might have something special there in terms of speed, athleticism, and smarts. I, I think, you know, letting a Luakon wear the, the green dot, letting Miles Jack just kind of play his game is only going to be beneficial to this team. I think Doug Peterson understands that as well. You know, you heard it from Urban Meyer and you heard it from Joe Cullen 
the first couple of weeks of training camp where it was Miles Jacks wearing the green dot. We think he's the guy. Uh, we don't see any issues there. And, you know, you had a fan base and you had people like me and you say, well, is that really the best thing for him? Because we saw when he wasn't worried about the offense in terms of calling plays and the coverages or everything like that, and you kind of just let him pin his ears back, he was a much better player. That seems to be where he's going to be at now this year, regardless of what the defense looks like. And I want to just uh, mention this for the late crowd in case you didn't hear it sometime earlier in the show, which you can always go back and listen to the podcast, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Subscribe to that or go back on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Same thing, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, what this might tell about our scheme here in Jacksonville, especially with the defensive tackle signing, who looks like a what you said, Austin, a two-gap guy, a run-stuffing guy. Um, the numbers really showcase well, I think, the grades. Stephen brought that up when he called in earlier. And, and now you start to piece together a Mike Caldwell scheme where he says he's going to fit it to the players. Well, a player like this that they acquire, players like Chason, who you already have in, player like uh, Josh Allen, and as we were discussing earlier, a player like Hutchinson who's played in the 3-4, even if you might think he could be better in the 4-3. Like, now you're, you're starting to look at your players and say, okay, this is starting to look like a 3-4, especially given the history of Mike Caldwell. So some of the things that went down here on this Monday and this first day of, of free agency, if you will, certainly might have uh, tipped us off on, on what Caldwell wants to do. No, for sure. I mean, I, I think it was it was all but, you know, I mean – uh, and an obvious answer. I talked about how do you build around Hutchinson? Do you maybe go with more of the Bosa approach and say, hey, let's put him in a wide nine and let's let him, you know, just rush from that side? Or do you want him to drop back into coverage a little bit? I mean, if you look at the combine numbers in terms of what he did in the shuttle, the L drill, you, you like what you see there. Now, if you watch him at the combine in terms of dropping back into coverage, you know, I mean, was it the, the, the smoothest? Absolutely not. But you're also going to probably ask him to drop back into coverage, what, maybe 10%, if even 10%. You know, there was a big thing last year with Josh Allen dropping back into coverage. If he was doing it too much, and then I had to bring up the whole T.J. Watt thing of, hey, if you look at T.J. Watt, he drops back a lot more than Josh Allen does, and look how T.J. Watt did this year as well. So you just got to have a guy that's, you know, at least comfortable, that can recognize and zone coverage. And not to say Hutchinson can't do that. I think Hutchinson is a great football player. And it's like I said, I mean, he's going to have to do it at the end of the day, which I think he can. If he's the number one overall pick, you better be able to. Well, and I think that's the last part of this conversation, at least for now, is nothing was done today to say, hey, they're not going pass rusher at number one. They didn't bring in Chandler Jones. They didn't go get a Hassan Reddick. They didn't do any of that. And... I mean, right now, this football team is still going pass rusher at number one. If we want to have the debate about Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, we can do that. We have until late April to do that. But it certainly still looks like, based off the tagging of Cam Robinson, the addition of Sheriff on the offensive line, what they've already done to, in their minds, probably solidify their offensive line. Keep in mind, they do have Walker Littles somewhere in the mix, potentially, that this franchise is heading right down the road of picking a defensive end pass rusher. Uh, with that number one overall selection in April. Yeah, well, without a doubt. Um, I, I think it's all of, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, is someone going to trade for Hutchinson? Probably not. You know, like you like to see Detroit maybe wants to move up, but I think it's going to be Hutchinson at that number one overall pick. And then you talk about, okay, we do with Walker Little. I mean, more than likely the right tackle spot. I don't think you pay Cam Robinson that franchise tag money and then say, hey, by the way, we tagged you, now go play right tackle. 
I'm not sure how it's going to go over in the locker room. So you'd assume Cab playing the left tackle. You got Walker Little playing the right tackle, at least in some sort of competition with Juwan Taylor in training camp, and then may the best man win, uh, and then you go from there. Oh, we got some breaking news for Jackson. Give us the breaking news button. I don't even know what the breaking news button is. Make sure we verify blue check mark Adam Schefter. Tight end Evan Ingram on a fully guaranteed deal is what I'm reading to Jacksonville. On a one-year, $10 million deal. You seeing that? Uh, fully guaranteed $9 million deal. Yeah, can be t- yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing it right now. Uh-huh. So it is blue check mark Adam Schefter, right? Ah, uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's him. How about that? Get I like you a little it. excited? I like it. No, I mean, that's that's great. You know, I mean, I think Ingram's a guy who I think was underused a little bit in New York. Um, that offense was just kind of a mess. Think about what you want about Daniel Jones. You know how I feel about him. But, no, this is this adds some spiciness to the room and the tight end room, that which you really need to upgrade. You know, Doug Peterson loves his tight ends. I think he can find a pretty good way to use Evan Ingram. I, I think this could sleep, be a really good move for the Jags. I, I like I like Ingram. I'm fact, a little surprised it's a one-year, $10 million deal. Maybe it's more on him saying, hey, yeah, let's see what it's like down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I think this guy has some, some really good potential, man. Uh, he's shown some flashes. I know he hasn't been consistent. But I, I think this is, again, this – I love the fact that they went and got a tight end, okay? A tight end in free agency. We just did the list earlier in the show, and I think you could have made the case for a bunch of them. You could have got me Gerald Everett. You could have got me O.J. Howard. You could have got me Hayden Hurst. I would have been excited about a couple of these. I think this is the guy with potentially, maybe O.J. Howard's in this fold too, with some untapped potential uh, that could really lift this offense. I mean, now we're starting to talk about an offense that got better today. No, we're talking about a Jags offense that got Christian Kirk, Ingram, and Shear. And then they tagged Robinson, and again, that was last week. But this offense got better in the last week. No, without a doubt. Um, you know, Evan Ingram's a guy who has all the skill set in the world to be successful for whatever reason, whether it was the offensive scheme, whether it was the quarterback, or whether it's just him. Um, he hasn't put it all together yet. But that's why I like this one-year deal, because this is a prove-it deal. You know, he, he's underachieved so far in terms of the stats and, and what he's done on the field. You, you come to a new spot, a new change of scenery, a new quarterback. Um, you know, I think a very tight end friendly head coach calling the plays. And now you might have something here. So it's definitely a prove it yield for, for Evan Ingram. But, I mean, what more incentive do you need if you're him? You know, if, if you come out here and ball, maybe we can't re-sign you, but you just give us one good season and we'll see what happens from there. Oh, you got me here. Uh, yep. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on the show. We're a little late up against. Got to get to one more break. And then we'll recap everything the Jags did. If you just missed it, Jaguars have added Evan Ingram reportedly. Now, these are agreed upon. They won't sign until Wednesday. But it looks like a handful of free agents signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your Jacksonville Jaguars on paper got better today. They also spent a lot of Shad Khan's money. Trent Falke said he was going to be aggressive. He was aggressive. They filled some needs on this football team. It positions them nicely, maybe for the NFL draft when they have the first and 33rd overall pick at 65 as well. I think it was a good day in Jacksonville. Let's talk all about it when we come back and put a bow on the show, and we'll give you an update on the Players' Championship as well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
Hey, welcome back to a busy day in Jacksonville. And uh, we do want to give you an update on the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. Uh, if you're paying attention to what's going on there in your shirt, it's been fireworks all day. Cam Smith, who's a Jacksonville resident, by the way, looks like, well, he is in prime position to win the golf tournament and win the Players' Championship. Not over yet. He j he's dry on 17, though, with a two-shot lead. Uh, Lahiri, who is the third-round leader, could still catch him. He's playing 16, and he'll have 17 and 18 as well. So Smith has to survive the 18th hole, you would think. But a two-shot lead is pretty good deal. Uh, going up uh, most likely to the 18th hole. We'll see if he even birdie 17. Sounds like he hit a mistake on 17 and pushed it a little right, but it ended up right there, the pan or close enough, instead of in the middle of the green where he was probably aiming. Um, it's been an entertaining day at the Players' Championship. The lead has fluctuated. Uh, Cam Smith jumped out to four straight birdies on, on his opening 18. Then he also made four birdies in a row on the back nine to start. Uh, but he also ducked out of the lead for a bit. We had five guys tied at nine under one time. So, I mean, it's been really good stuff, as usual, at the Players' Championship. A fifth day at TPC because of the Monday uh, finish. First one since 2005. By the way, we'll have everything updated on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, I'm sorry, not on ESPN 690. On TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30 tonight uh, at 10 and 11. We have a 15-minute special tonight at 11 uh, action sports jacks at the players guys that's supposed to end on like sunday night but we've extended it to monday so um as is everything else extended to monday in the golf world but it's been an incredible monday you got your brackets out free agency and baseball is hit we've got trades the atlanta braves at a, a first baseman looks like that's it for freddie freeman for the world champs but baseball season now is going to get rolling as all the camps are um underway in major league baseball and everybody has uh, reported that at least is assigned to a team for now. And uh, then today, NFL free agency. And your Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, have gotten better, folks. Uh, Christian Kirk, four years, $72 million. Could go all the way up, it looks like, to uh, $84 million, according to uh, the reports. Foy Oluokon, three years, $45 million at the linebacker spot. A speedy linebacker tackling machine. Foley Fadakasi, three years. $30 million. Brandon Scherf, the deal and money is not done, but expected to be big. Uh, Evan Ingram just landed a one-year $10 million deal, according to all the reports. So uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars adding needs, big-time players, and spending Shad Khan's money. Like I said earlier, Austin Lane, a very good day, it appears, for Trent Falke and Doug Peterson. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the most important part of free agency is do you – do you improve the roster that went, you know, that won three games last year? And unequivocally, you've done that. You, you, this is what free agency is all about. It's about creating the buzz. It's, it's about creating the hope. And, and right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars have gotten drastically better. And that's all you can ask of right now. Now, it, it's still young in free agency. Um, some, some moves can definitely come down the pipeline as well. But in terms of wide receiver, in terms of offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, um, and tight end now as well with Evan Ingram, yeah, they've they've upgraded a lot of positions, and then that's and then that's the one that's one step in becoming a better team, and that's one step in trying to make that Super Bowl run. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I'm too crazy with the Super Bowl stuff. I'll get to eight wins. <laughs> well, I mean that's say that's why you play the game, right? Uh, absolutely. I guess we could see more Austin. But how much money do they really have? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, we say it all the time, salary cap's not real. So if there's somebody out there that's going to make your team better, that comes at the right price, kind of like I mean, I think Evan Ingram was the right price. It's definitely a, a prove-it deal, and hey, he's got a lot to prove, so I'm not mad at that one. If there's a guy out there, spend that money. By the way, the, the Jags got a blue-chip guy in Sheer. He has proven to be that guy. They think, obviously, by paying Christian Kirk that kind of money that he could turn into that guy. And same goes for the linebacker as well, potentially, because I think that was like a three or $45 million deal, so it's a pretty hefty contract. So I think you need more blue chippers. Maybe the Jags added a couple, if not a few, uh, to the roster today. That's going to do it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Action Sports Jacks overtime coming up next. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton have more. They will crown the winner of the Players' Championship, and they'll keep you posted on anything new that happens uh, with the Jags and free agency. Have a good night, everybody. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.